It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA and... Agent Anderson, come along as we examine UFOs, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. This week's episode... The Bigfoot Power Hour. We're going to talk about a couple of Bigfoot things in a very casual setting. Uh, A little more casual than our usual episodes where we do a lot of research and get real serious and stuff. This time around, we're just going to bullshit about Bigfoot, because why the heck not? Yeah, we get so serious and shit, bro. Yeah, super serial. First, before we get started, there's been uh, some pretty big news articles in our realm of topics in the last, I don't know, month or so. Um, We haven't recorded because of the holidays and a couple other things that came up, so it's been a while since we've done an episode. But there's a few things that I kind of wanted to talk about before we get to Bigfoot, starting with, uh, I'm sure anybody listening to this show had to have heard of this, but in case you haven't, the former Israeli head of Defense Ministry Space uh, Directorate He's the head of the, I guess you would say, the Defense Ministry Space Directorate. Anyways, he said that uh, we are in contact with the Galactic Federation of Aliens and that um, Trump was going to reveal the existence of these aliens, but they asked him not to. And at the last minute, he decided not to because that sounds like something Trump would totally do. Uh, <laughs> have, have you heard of this one, ETA? I have, and, and it fills me full of all, all sorts of ideas and thoughts and, and you know, wondering of what, what is really happening. Is this real? Because the guy definitely held that position within, within the Israeli government. It's pretty, you know, easy to, to verify. Um, what that position does, I have no freaking clue. <laughs> you know, it, I'm assuming, because I, I know that there's there's uh, uh, intelligence satellites, spy satellites, and satellites that have, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of instruments on it to, you know, um, you know, spy on other people and, and observe all, all kinds of uh, matter of things. But so I, I understand that there is a need to defend against that type of uh, stuff because there's, a, a, you know, all, all the other, other other governments capable of doing it are doing it, I would assume. So, but besides that, I'm not sure what that job would entail. I mean, unless what he's saying is to be taken, you know, at 100, 100% truth, which I, I would like to, but I also... At the same time, I have an opinion of what's going on right now in the world, how we're being divided and such, and I think it benefits a certain group of people, which I'll come out straight straight out and say, I think it's the world bankers. I think we're being pushed towards a one-world government, and um, we're being divided and separated in a way to uh, destroy culture to bring us towards the acceptance of a, a structure like that. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of uh, changes you'd have to make um, – you know, in human civilization in order to make us accept a a structure like that, a one world government, what have you. But, um, I remember, uh, some time ago, um, earlier in my, uh, divings down the rabbit hole, as it were, um, I remember coming across a, a, a theory, um, that somebody had been claiming that, um, a UFO event was going to be used, a fake UFO event was going to be used to basically force us into a one world government, um, you know, to, you know, and, you know, being in contact with a, a intergalactic federate federization or whatever, whatever the hell it was. Um, I guess that could be something that, that would, you know, make us 
figuratively want to pull our head out of our ass and come together as one, maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, I know what you're talking about actually. And that, that's more for, we could do a whole episode on that topic. That, that gets pretty oh, crazy yeah. pretty fast. Oh, we could do a whole series. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm concerned, is this like soft disclosure being used, um, you know, to kind of set up the, uh, the public's subconscious to accept the, this, what, what's coming down the pipeline. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, though, is it real? Is it not? You know, like that would make some sense, I suppose, if they could pull it off. I don't know what technologies would be used if it is fake to pull it off, you know, but if it is real, holy mother of God, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that would change every damn thing that we thought about ourselves, you know? I would uh, for most people, you know what I mean? Not for us because we were much more into this type of uh, stuff, but most people like don't take this kind of thing into consideration at all. And and even when they do, it's more of like a, you know, they're enjoying a sci-fi film or something like that. It's probably their, their perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something, it's something um, to dabble in, not to take serious, you know? Well, think about some of the past case but, files we've talked about. Half the time the witnesses pull out a gun and try to shoot the UFOs. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't say in, in, uh, you know, in certain circumstances, I wouldn't do the same thing. I might just react like, Oh my God. Like I, I'm so like, you know, startled by what I'm absorbing. I, yeah, I might, I don't know. I'm still an A2, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, you know, you just reminded me of, are you familiar with that? Um, Ro Ronald Reagan in his speeches, he said a few times he had this thing he liked to say, he said, imagine if we were faced with some kind of power outside of our own world, how quickly we could get over I our do. differences or something similar. I mean, along those lines, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I, I think I think the vast majority, if not all of our listeners are probably familiar with that speech because that is a famous one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, all right, Ronald Reagan said that. That's not nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it was being used to, uh, like, I, like I like to say a lot, you know, set up the, the public subconscious towards a certain ends to means like um, for them to react a certain way to something, you know, um, if it wasn't that, and if he was trying to be truthful, what have you, then that's not nothing. That's, that's uh, what he said was, was quite substantial. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you know, he can't come out, come straight out and say, say, say for instance, he, he, uh, he was aware of aliens and they were in contact. Cause if we are in contact with him now, um, I would imagine it's probably something that's been going on for a little bit at least, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, I don't know, but, uh, maybe he was trying to, you know, just subtly, you know, let us know, you know, without, without taking on the responsibility of drop, uh, dropping the, the beans or whatever, you know. Another possibility that I think this is the, uh, well, not the case, but I think this is a good possibility in certain cases is that it could be like a black ops thing. So in other words, we're trying to psych out the Russians or whoever to make them think that we know about aliens but they don't know about the aliens because there are no aliens. We're just messing with their heads. And then they're going to spend a lot of resources trying to find out what we know when in fact there's nothing to find out. That's, um, I, I don't know how plausible that is, but it seems, it seems to fit certain scenarios. Like for example, Roswell, where they, they say, oh yeah, we totally have a crash saucer. And then they retract it. And then throughout the years, they keep flip-flopping almost as if they're egging on other intelligence agencies. But I don't know. You'd have to ask the governments about that. Yeah, I would have to understand more about how how those those intelligence agencies interact with each other. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure there's there's a code of conduct of uh, of sorts. You know what I mean? I'm sure that you know there, there's plenty of situations where there are no rules. I would imagine, but there's also a certain way that they operate too. Which, if I was more 
you know, knowledgeable on that, you know, then I, I would get it. But yeah, I don't. Right. All right. Let's move along to the next news item that I wanted to talk about. Now, this is probably the most controversial one, but there was a picture released that was supposedly of some kind of like flying cube or something. And uh, it, it pl- pretty much blew up the the UFO world or people who are into this kind of stuff on Twitter and on forums and everywhere. You could see it. Um, now, the funny thing, though, is that the picture does not look like a cube. It kind of looks like a Mylar Batman balloon. But the problem with that is that this was taken on an iPhone from uh, the pilot. I think it was an F-18 pilot or something, supposedly at 35,000 feet. And those little Mylar balloons that you buy from the grocery store, first of all, they don't float up that high, really. I mean, maybe, I guess. Second of all, you imagine you're screaming along in, you know, a supersonic fighter plane, and you're going to take a picture of this itty-bitty little Mylar balloon. You wouldn't probably even see it. I guess your your instruments might notice it, but I, I imagine it'd be very difficult to get a photo of it. So- so right. the, the balloons, the balloons you're talking about, you're talking about like those, those ones that you'll buy like at the uh, supermarket. Sometimes you'll see them hanging there off to the side. Yeah. And, for um, the kids parties and stuff. Uh, yeah. A lot of times like the, they might be metallic in like the background color or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, it'd have to be a, for, for a pilot to notice that going the speeds I'm assuming they're going, which is uh fucking fast, <laughs> you know, right. um, how could they even track it? I mean, would they even notice it? It's too small. It's not substantial enough for them to even pay attention, I would imagine. But here's, Let alone here's the real thing. I, take a picture. Yeah, go ahead. Right. No, I'm yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. So here's what I wanted to mention, though, is um, I didn't want to go too much into detail about that because so many other people have. I feel like I don't really have anything to add to the conversation. But there's a, a journalist named MJ Benias who ta- covers a lot of UFO topics he put a quote or he put, he was talking about this on Twitter and he had some comments about it. And at the end of his comments, um, he said, for the record, I'm Batman. And that kind of reminded me yeah. a little bit of something. Does that jog your memory a little bit yes. there? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> a certain slideshow we may have covered. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this whole thing is just some sort of like, just some sort of mind fuckery. And this, you know, maybe MJ Benias is somehow involved with the disinformation and he's just, he's just sort of giving us a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know? That's what I'm worried about, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all a hoax, you know, it's all, it's all. And like I said, uh, the only thing that I I could think that you would benefit the people at the top were that I perceive to be in control, you know, at, uh, you know, the top of, of all societies the, the bankers, um, how would it benefit them? That's, I'm always asking that question whenever, like, you know, stuff that might relate to their their benefit, I suppose. I'm talking around about fucking terms, but, um, yeah, how would this benefit them? And, and the one world government thing is the only thing I could come up with. Oh, that con- like, I was sort of just watching the story, but then when I saw that comment, I was like, what? You can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. Yeah. Wait one minute, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah that that was a a big red flag right there. Uh, the last one I wanted to talk about before we get onto Bigfoot was in 2019 a tele a radio telescope in Australia picked up an unusual signal. We didn't find out about it until now or until recently because it 
um, it picks up all this data and then the data has to be analyzed after the fact by like computers and people and stuff. So just because it picked up, picked it up a year or two ago or whatever, doesn't mean we're going to know about it until they get around to, you know, digesting the data. So they picked up a 980 Hertz signal, um, that was coming from Proxima Centauri. That's the closest star to our solar system. And it's about 4.3 light years away. Um, and they see, they, uh, according to what I read, they were able to rule out the, um, a terrestrial source for this. So they think that it was from there, not here. And because it was a narrow band, not broadband, they don't think it was a natural source. So a natural source is going to have a wide range of frequencies that it's going to put out. A narrow band is something that can really only be done using technology, or at least that's what, that's what I've been told by the, uh, you know, all the sources I've seen this in. I'm not an expert on radio, uh, radio astronomy, so I can't say for sure. But one of the, one of the things they used to, to narrow it down, for example, is that when they observed it, they observed it for three hours in the same spot and like, you know, in one spot. So if it was like an airplane or like whatever, it would be moving around. It wouldn't be stationary. So they use things like that to sort of weed out signals that are good and bad. Now, we don't know for a fact that this was an extraterrestrial signal. They're not saying that at all. At this point, all they're saying is that this signal is highly unusual and it warrants further investigation. That's as far as they're going right now. But I can't help but get excited about something like this that seems so very unnatural coming from the closest star. You know, it's really not that far away compared to some other objects out there. Yeah. And I also, I ask again, is this another part of the plot? Right. You never know. <laughs> yeah, no, never I'll stop. know. I'll stop. But no, <laughs> this, this is, this is pretty interesting, especially because it comes from the closest uh, solar system to us. Right. Right. And, and man, if there was something to uh, communicate with out there, then it would be pretty damn convenient. They'd be coming out of that solar system, I suppose. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I've seen some uh, some lectures and a couple documentaries on on um, that solar system, and, and uh, it's 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 pretty interesting, I think. Like, because don't they have? There's one planet that is supposedly within the Goldilocks zone, I think, in that solar system. But they they do believe that um, it doesn't have an atmosphere or anything because uh, um, they I think they've recorded solar flares coming from that that solar system from that star. That are are bigger than anything we've uh, recorded, so they think that um, it's unlikely that uh, the atmosphere is, is is as complete as ours. I, I suppose, you know. I, I mean, I'm 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 no ex no expert. I don't know uh, very much at all about this this type of shit. I'm gonna, let me just go ahead and backpedal just a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do find it wildly interesting, just because of the possibilities. I don't know. Everything in this in space is like. To me, it's it's uh it it sets the imagination wild just because of the possibilities, man. You know, um, uh, it, it makes me excited. I get real excited. I'm very excited. You know. <laughs> yeah, I f I forget the exact details. I thought maybe the planet around they detected the planet around the Proxima Centauri or something, but they think it's tidal locked to the to the star, oh. meaning that the same side always faces the star or yeah. something. There was. Okay. There was something like that that they think that it's unlikely life would be there, but we're constantly finding life on Earth in places that we thought were impossible. 
And yeah. our our definition of life may be more narrow than what's actually out there. And sure. well, I mean, it has to be really if you think about it, because yeah, we, we don't only know, know what we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like Donald Rumsfeld uh, used to say, you know, uh, we don't know what we don't know, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And that's one of my that favorite quotes of all time. You know, because uh, right. well, the, the dumb right thing about with, that quote, well, with what I think I know what you're about to say. Yeah, you, you know where I'm going with that. It fooled me once. <laughs> Shame yeah. on you. Yeah, it's right up yeah. there with that one. I thought you were either going to mention that or uh, something about strategery. Oh yes, well, no, I like that, that one's all right, but it's it ain't, it ain't no fool me once, you know. Yeah. Sh- you know it, yeah. it, it ain't classic. Yeah. Well, how? All right. Let, let's get this straight. How does it go? Fool me once, you know. Uh, shame on me, right? If fool me twice, you ain't gonna fool me again. Yeah. Or is right? it shame on you? Is it fool me once, shame on you? Did he get that wrong too? I don't remember. I don't know. I'd yeah. Have, I'd have to look it up. Whatever. Dude, that that that. That guy was a part of Skull and Bones. I refuse to believe that uh, he was actually that dumb. I think he was part <laughs> part of a, a, a character he was putting on, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know, but Dick Cheney did shoot a motherfucker in the face with a shotgun <laughs> yeah. while they're duck hunting, so I What don't a know. fucking crazy administration that was, right? <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> uh, it, what's even more crazier is like I look back at it with a, a certain level of fondness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, because the, what's, the simple what's times going on right now. Yeah. When exactly. politicians, all they did was just shoot people in the face, you know, so know, much simpler. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and not only do the politicians shoot the person in the face, but that person actually comes out and apologizes Apolog- for yeah. being shot in the face. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, what, what, what grand, you know, uh, the, uh, theatrics, you know, well, it's, it's. How powerful is that guy that he can shoot somebody in the face and they apologize to him, you know? Well, all right. So, like, like Dick Cheney, if there ever was a person with uh, the definition of resting asshole face, then I think that's that's him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, but yeah, hey, I mean, you, you got to hand it to the guy. He definitely was very good at uh, using his ties to his own benefit, you know, and, and also benefiting his own uh, constituents, as it were, people that he was, you know, tied oh, yeah. to, uh, fi- uh, you know, through business and stuff, you know. But yeah, uh, well, yeah, that's, well, that's, yeah. I I digress. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> that don't get don't get me started on how that war appeared to me to be just an excuse to funnel money. But I mean that I mean that ties into nine eleven and like uh, uh, it goes on and it's, on. We better not get started on that. And this is yeah, we haven't even got to what this episode is about yet. <laughs> I know Bigfoot. All right, let's let's move on to Bigfoot. Everybody. Yeah, let's stay focused. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the heck? We got we got nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked the talk I'm on, about. Bigfoot I'm in California. And, We're all locked down here, or at least we're not supposed to go nowhere. It's uh, you know, whatever. So, what the hell else am I going to do with my time? All right, so let's get started with the Bigfoot, Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. Which, by the way, Harry and the Hendersons. I I don't know if my childhood would have been the same without that movie. I loved that freaking movie, especially the end where they're trying to take him back to his like Sasquatch family. Remember? Yeah. And, um, he pokes the, uh, uh, he, he makes that big dent in the top of their roof and then right. starts going, Woo, like he starts like, you know, mimicking like a, a police siren, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that sticks out in my head, but like, uh, that's like the first scene I typically think of, you know, but there's so many other, you know, quotable scenes in that movie. Uh, sorry, I'll probably I'll probably mention Harry the Henders- Harry and the Hendersons a couple times uh, throughout this conversation, just because it was such an iconic movie for me. Let alone like you know not even mentioning um, you know my interest in Sasquatch and Sasquatch type you know uh, figures that are mentioned throughout throughout the world, really, whether it be Yeti or whatever it's called. You know what I mean? 
Wasn't the the dad was played by John Lithgow, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and I think he was he played an awesome freaking character in that movie. The yeah, you can't the spin go wrong. That he, yeah, the spin that he put on, like you know your 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 typical American dad or what have you, his own personality. Uh, yeah, it, well met, sir. Well yeah. met. <laughs> yeah, he 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 does a good job most of the time. Yeah, well, let's let's get into what we're actually talking about though now. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, all right. So Bigfoot. Anybody unfamiliar? Which uh, I find that hard to believe. But the sightings seem to be concentrated in the Pacific Northwest region. So we're talking about you know Northern California, Oregon, Washington, thereabouts. The big hot spot is the Olympic Peninsula. You mean like um, in Greece? No. Uh, the Olympic, uh, no, and the, the Olympic Force right there up in uh, in, in Washington, north northwest. Uh, oh right, right. Okay, yeah. That's yes. that's isn't that called the Olympic Peninsula? Right? I have no idea. Is it? I know it's the the Olympic. Am I am I brain farting like a motherfucker here? I know it's the Olympic Force of some sort, isn't it? Here, let me let me look this shit up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not familiar with the, any Olympic. I was just being a smartass when I said Greece because you know Olympia and all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Because, you know, I, I'm not familiar with that geography, so I was just kind of playing it off like I am. Like, oh, yeah, I totally know what that is, but I'm going to make a stupid joke. No, yeah, the Olympic National Park, Olympic Peninsula. Yeah. Okay, all right. You made, you made me freaking second guess what I already knew. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's a that, – that's an amazing freaking area because um, it's – I mean – Anybody who's familiar with it, if you've ever been there, like, holy crap, is there some beautiful scenery. The forests up there, you know, the the original old forests, you know what I mean? Stuff that hasn't been clear cut, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I, from what I understand, isn't, I, I think, I think that's where the largest organisis, um, organism in the world is. Uh, that one fungus that coats the bottom of the, the forest. I, I think it's in the the Olympic uh, National Park. I think it's like a fungus that coats the forest, the the ground of the forest, and um, the reason why they think that they know that it's a uh, one continuous organism, basically, or or series of organisms, really, right, um, is that they were actually uh, able to um, hook up electrical probes. Like uh, I don't I don't remember how far apart it was. Really freaking far apart, dude. But like one end of a forest to the other, I guess you could say, right. And um, they were able to send electrical like imp- like pulses like through the fungi and like read it at the other end. Like I, I'm, I'm the way I'm describing it does not do it justice at all. But but I always found that really freaking interesting. And um, if there is a Bigfoot, I would imagine that it has you know uh, evolved to use this to its benefit. You know what I mean? Scientists kind of terrify me. You know, they're let's how can we investigate this fungus? Oh, let's fucking electrocute it. <laughs> it was very, very, very low uh, uh, voltage or amperage or whatever is important wattage. I don't know. <laughs> Not to a little tiny I'm, fungus. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you might be right about that. Every single time they're like, "What the fuck? What the fuck? What the, what the fuck? Ah! <laughs> what the hell is that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, who knows what kind of screams a, a tree actually makes while it's being cut down, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so I got a little dark there. That's that's the main area of the sightings is the Pacific Northwest, which I, I don't live quite far enough north, but I do live in Northern California. And I always hope when I'm driving through the woods that, hey, maybe I'll see it spot a Bigfoot. You never know. It's right, possible. So, so let me do a quick little shout out. Um, all right. So all right. I won't mention his whole name, but I have a buddy that I grew up with. His name is Randy. Mm-hmm. He lives on the uh, Olympic Peninsula um, right up by the uh, – um, there's like a uh, – 
Crescent Bay, I think is what it's called. Yep. But he works in a, in a school district up there. And I was I was actually just talking to him earlier today. I like to do a shout out. What's up, Randy? If you ever hear this, you know. Um, so he lives in the midst of that hot spot. Like everybody around him, it seems like they have a story of some sort or, an, or another relating to Bigfoot. You know what I mean? I remember when I when I mentioned to him that uh, we were doing this episode, he was like, "Oh yeah, bro. Like, dude, this is the hot spot of the world, bro. Like, like you know, like." <laughs> and, and, and like it was just like a matter of fact, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't even something that, that was up for debate, you know what I mean? It, and it, to him, it kind of seemed like, uh, you know, he was putting on a front uh, that, you know, he, he didn't really believe it. He wasn't that into it, but there was a certain level of like acceptance to the story, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like, and there's that's one thing that like, uh, there's a couple things that things things that compel me. Um, towards my either believing this or not believing it. You know what I mean? The Sasquatch just in general. There are so damn many cases of people either saying that they um, came face-to-face with a Sasquatch or they they um, observed from afar or whatever. And it doesn't matter. Like, it's all around the world. It's not just this country. They may be called something different, but a Bigfoot is what we're talking about. You know, my for the most my part. favorite pseudonym is Skunk Ape, and that's uh, I guess used in southeast areas like Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my personal favorite. Yeah, yeah. But no matter where you go, um, there's likely to be some kind of a Bigfoot story. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be necessarily even even like in the mountains. You know, like like because uh, I mean, you go to Canada. There's there's Bigfoot supposed Bigfoot sightings everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Alaska. I mean, obviously it's still in the United States, but I almost consider Alaska like its own thing. You know what I mean? But but uh, but anyways, freaking the consistency of uh, the number of reports uh, is. It's substantial. It's something to pay attention to. There's something going on. You right. Said, one of these stories is true. You know what I mean? Somebody is, uh, there's at least a certain percentage of these people that they claim to have these sightings that are telling the truth. They're genuine about it. And I do believe it because I've seen people give uh, testimonies where, man, th- this person believes what the hell they're, they're saying. Like they, whatever they saw something, whether it was a bear, maybe, you know, or, or something that they just, you know, misconstrued as being Bigfoot. They believe what they're saying, you know, and so I don't believe that there are that many good actors out there. You know what I mean? Like, like it's uh, some people really are genuine about it, but then other other times, like you see, like uh, narratives, like, all right, yeah, me and my cousin, my or my cousin went hunting last weekend, right? And I don't know why I'm doing a you know a redneck uh, accent, but whatever. We, we <laughs> hey, we got rednecks up here just like anywhere hey, else. I'm a little bit redneck myself, but so so you hear like a, a the narrative in a story uh, reoccur time and time again, where like my cousin told me he saw a Bigfoot, you know, and he saw tracks. Right, we went up there and uh, we looked for the tracks, didn't find them. I went home. My cousin went back the next day and found the tracks, and then he took a uh, you know a plaster casing, you know, of it or something like that. You know, You're like well, uh, I mean, does that that's not a very credible situation there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know I'm I'm being very general about it, but that's because I'm describing the totality of of, of these type of stories that I've heard. You know, and and it's not like I've heard you know all of them by by no means. Obviously, there's too many, right? But but uh, it is something I, I you know I, I I pay attention to at the very least uh, um, a little bit you know throughout my life because it's something I do really enjoy. I, I enjoy Bigfoot. You know, there's there's so much uh, nostalgia surrounding Bigfoot. You know, what I mean, then there, there's a lot of uh, culture. You know, what I mean, like Bigfoot people are 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 particular type of people. They're the ones that are really into it. You know what I mean? 
They're, they're, do, they have a, really... do they have a title for for the? I mean, I know we got cryptozoologists, but for specialists in Bigfoot, do you have something like like ufologists or something like maybe Bigfootologists? Is you know what? I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever looked into that before. Let me well, let me type let me type into the Google machine here. Let me see. Oh, wait. <laughs> okay now. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, the the city that I, I guess there's a, a big uh, specialist in the city that I live in, which makes <laughs> no fucking sense because there are no forests. Like, it's all yeah. desert. <laughs> big Bigfoot ain't hiding anywhere around you. <laughs> no sir, I don't, I don't maybe, know where the I don't know where the hell he would hide. Maybe he burrows in the sand. I don't know. Yeah, it's a subterranean lizard people. Fucking Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> uh I, I yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't see any any uh anything coming up right. Yeah, I wonder if there's a name for that 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 sp- uh, specific type of uh specialist. I'd be willing to bet there is. Somebody's c- came up with some kind of a, a tag. You bring up a good point. I kind of feel the same way. Like I'm not super invested in the idea that Bigfoot actually exists, but there are so many credible sightings that it kind of makes you take a step back and think there has to be something to some of this. It can't all well, be hoaxes, you know? Okay, so we know in the in the fossil record there was Gigantopithecus. We know that that did, that did exist. That is a real thing. We have the fossils to prove it. He was actually a mind boggle on a previous episode. Yes, yes. So we know that that was a thing, for sure. That is, It is a reality. So, I mean, th- 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 there is that one string of possibility. Like, is this a species that that did not in fact go extinct and is so good at um, evading us that that we just haven't come across the motherfucker yet. You know what I mean? Now in the ocean, I I absolutely believe that that is a reality and there's no doubt about it because um, it's not too uncommon to, you know, pull up pictures on the internet of some fisher like in the Pacific or something like that, that pulled up something weird as hell in in their nets. You know what I mean? That like, like a, that was, previously you know classified as classified as an extinct species you know which it happens Mm -hmm. it does happen now with pollution and stuff i do venture to um assume that there probably are plenty of of uh species in the ocean for sure that that probably went extinct that we thought was already extinct but you know you know we just we just didn't uh, have the opportunity to observe them you know um but yeah, in the ocean, like I said, I think the possibility for that is is much much greater, obviously, because of how little we've explored compared to the for the forests. But like, um, I I mean, th- there there are sections of forest even in North America that might still be dense enough, I guess, to where things can hide. But oh, we've yeah, never found sure. bones. I've I've never seen any real example of a bone or anything that that like uh, has been presented to you know they can say that this is not a human bone it's not a bear bone it's not an elk it's not a moose whatever you know what i mean whatever other large creature that might produce bones like us you know what i mean um i've never seen an example of like you know cuz uh, what is the name for people who uh, uh specialize in, in uh, bones and stuff the certain kind of archaeologist i forget what it is is it paleontology is it paleontology it, I, I don't know but but uh, you might be right but uh it's a pretty well-established uh, area of research. They These guys know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? So if there was something that definitely wasn't human, definitely wasn't bear, and was in within the primate uh, line, I think they would be able to figure it out that, hey, this is something that obviously isn't a fossil. It's a bone of something that died recently, at least, you know, and because um, the bone is still there, right? And um, 
it's not, you know, this could be a Bigfoot. I've never seen that kind of evidence. You know what I mean? Well, on the other hand, though, there are very large sections of forests in America and Canada that are largely unexplored. Um, there are vast areas that a Bigfoot could hide in. Um, and as far as like the fossil record goes or something, well, I, I was watching a show. Um, I forget what channel it was on, but I think it was called uh, Monster Hunters or something. They were looking for cryptids. And one episode, they put a carcass in the middle of the jungle, I think like in Indonesia or something, they were looking for, for some kind of creature out there. And they put cameras there to try to catch the creatures coming up and trying to eat the carcass. And they were surprised at how quickly this thing, like, I think it was like 24 hours, this carcass, because like the jungle heat and all the predators and stuff, the carcass just freaking, it just melted. It was gone. Like it was just... It got wiped out like real quick. Oh, sure. And the carcass will, so but, the, will, but what happened to the bones? So, yeah. So when something eats a carcass, it might drag those bones and scatter them all over the place. And if you're talking about a carcass that's in somewhere that's really inhospitable, then it, you're not, you're never going to find those bones. They're, they're going to be scattered. And if you do find a bone, you might not notice it as something weird. You know, the average person, I mean, it's, it's like a needle in a haystack. You're never going to find it. So speaking of bones, I've seen more evidence for bones of giants, like the red-haired giants that the Native Americans in, the, in this uh, continent talk about being, you know, present before colonialist uh, came came uh, around. You know, um, mm -hmm. I've actually seen pictures of those supposed corpses and stuff. You know, which it could be staged, yeah. But there's, I mean, there were very very early pictures as far as you know picture technology goes. And, um, there was a lot of, uh, I, I, we don't, I don't need to get too far into it, but like, uh, I've never seen any pictures of, of supposed Bigfoot bones, you know, and the ones that I, mm -hmm. I are, so that, that that's a lie. I, I, I digress. That is a lie. But the ones that I have seen to me were obvious fakes. They just, I'm not even, I, I don't even, I've never taken a class on, on identifying bones, but once you've seen enough bones, especially if you've handled them yourself, like sometimes you see something and you're just like that doesn't look like a bone. It just, do it just doesn't, it's in, it's in the shape of it, but it doesn't look like a real bone. It looks like a prop or something. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It I'm just, saying. it doesn't have the correct textures and stuff like that. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but yeah, it's the, the debate is, uh, does continually rage on as to whether or not Bigfoot could evade us. But as far as the bones go, um, there are possibilities, for example, what if they bury their dead or they take their dead to a specific location that's sort of out of the way. And that perhaps could be a reason why bones are so rare. There's, I mean, the possibilities kind of go on and on. I do kind of lean towards, towards what you're saying is, you know, we probably should have found some sort of trace evidence by now, maybe some fur or some bones. But on the other hand, I like, I like to give Bigfoot the benefit of the doubt too, because these areas are are vast. They're unexplored and there's plenty of room for stuff to disappear in there. I mean, there's, there's areas where, you know, the, the forest gets so thick that you, you can't go 10 feet off the road. You know, there's who's, who could tell what's out there. All right. So now I'd like to talk a little bit about Bigfoot sounds. So they're, hey, they're, Hey, what we're at it, at it. Sorry. I, I got to, I got to pee. I got to pee really bad, dude. I'll be right back. All right. All right. I'll wait for you. Okay. That was affecting my speech. All right. <laughs> All right. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Supposedly, Bigfoot makes certain kinds of sounds, like 
knocking on trees is one of the popular ones. But I always thought, so if you're out in the woods and you're camping and you knock on a tree, if I heard somebody knocking on a tree, I would knock back. I'd be, hey, hey, it's Bigfoot. And I would knock back. Each person, they could be miles away, but they both parties think that they're the other one is Bigfoot knocking on a tree. When in reality, it's just people knocking on trees. Uh, there's, there's supposedly they make like strange howls and other noises. There's even a recording. I think it's called like the Sierra recording or something. Sierra recording. But um, I listened to it and it, it just kind of sounds like a bunch of weird noises. I didn't really seem like there's anything there that convinced me one way or the other. Uh, I've, but, heard, but there I've heard a couple. Also, I've heard a couple different of these recordings. And uh, <laughs> I mean, most of them to me sound like a couple alley cats fucking. Yeah. <laughs> to be, <laughs> to be honest. Sounds I mean? about right. Yeah. It's it, yeah. It's not that convincing to me. I don't know. Um, there, there's also uh, the Turtle Man who claims. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Turtle Man, or, but he's a an expert on this matter. As a matter of fact, if the, uh, the listeners familiar. are from well, if the listeners are familiar with him, I think they will enjoy this. Okay. So he he claims that the uh, the way a Sasquatch sounds goes a bit like this. Woo loo Woo-loo-loo. <laughs> and so, you know, when he's going uh, out in the forest or the swamp or what have you, searching for a Sasquatch, he says, woo-loo-loo. Where you at, Squatch? Woo-loo-loo. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's weird because I hear that exact noise every night at about midnight in my backyard. I hear a woo-loo-loo. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the Wendango. Yeah, I always, I always peek back there. I never see anything, but, you know, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe he's hiding under a rock or something. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's one of those uh that's one of my most favorite little Bigfoot little snippets there. Like yeah. you get you get so many characters, you know, surrounding uh this topic, you know. And like you get uh people who kinda like like our jump ons, you know what I mean? Like like I don't think they really believe in it. They're just like, Oh yeah, Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Right. Like and I'm not, I'm not saying that I fully believe in it, but like, I think there's definitely something there. But yeah, sometimes people are doing it just for the sake of doing it. You know, oh, we'll do the Bigfoot thing now. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of sightings are actually, um, like some people report that Bigfoot will leave a rock on top of a log. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe Bigfoot did that. Maybe some person did that. Yeah. Um, other times people will report like branches and trees that are like twisted and broken. But we're talking about like, a person wouldn't have been strong enough to do that, but it's done in such a way to where it doesn't look like a natural phenomenon, like a weather or a storm did it, like wind. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like you know, some big creature did it. One of the, uh, a lot of the stories that I hear, the testimonies from people who like are out in the forest and actually uh, supposedly come into contact with a, a Bigfoot um, is rocks being thrown. I know that there's, there's a couple um you know, pretty compelling stories. And some of them happened a long time ago, the people who it happened to, and even their relatives aren't even alive anymore. But, um, there, there's a couple, like, there's a lot of stories that you, you, you hear where like rocks, like uh, are thrown at people from like the, um, like the peripheral, like, like, like from, from like distances where they can't quite see what's throwing it, but they can see a figure or a shadow or something like that. And like, that's another thing that kind of like, uh, adds a little bit of a, I don't know, a level of, uh, it's just like, inconsistency almost like it's, it's not inconsistency it's like you, you have a hard time believing it you know like mm -hmm. all right so it was uh, whatever was throwing the rocks was just far enough to where you couldn't see it but you can only see the, the outline or maybe a shadow or something it's like all right uh, come on dude you know what i mean like it doesn't it doesn't um help you believe the story but there are so many of these stories 
that at the same time, like I said before, I, 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 I hate to keep on like, like uh, hitting upon this point, but I do believe in this uh, subject. It is very important to keep on bringing it up. Yeah, the, the totality of, of, of a uh, testimony, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love Bigfoot. I lean towards it not being a reality because, you know, the, the lack of evidence and the, ev- the evidence that it is, is present. It could be easily faked, I think, you know, mm-hmm. but, 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 but there's so many damn people that, that say that they've seen this thing, you know, damn, I have a hard time believing there's not something out there. You right. Know? Well, there's a couple of explanations. For example, um, bears can be really like, I forget how big, but I think some bears that can be as tall as like 12 feet tall or something on their hind legs. And Uh bears can actually stand on their hind legs if they want to. So one theory is if you see a bear, even particularly like a bear, maybe with a bad case of mange or something like that, if you see him standing on his hind legs and he's like eight feet tall or something in the distance, you might actually misinterpret that as being a Bigfoot, especially if it's dark. And a lot of sightings are at night. It appears that Bigfoot is nocturnal. So if it's like nighttime or it's dusk and it's getting really dark out and you see like a bear walking on his hind legs for a few steps, you might kind of think that's a Bigfoot. That would look pretty freaky, I think. That could be easily, easily mistaken, I think. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But speaking of hoaxes, because, you know, you're sort of touching on that, um, that this stuff could be easy to hoax. Uh, one of my favorite hoaxes, well, it's also a tragic hoax and I, I'm including it here as sort of like, yeah, sort of like people need to know that like hoaxing a Bigfoot is not really a good idea. So in 2012, <laughs> well, if you are going to do it, you need to be a little thoughtful about yeah. how you do it. Yeah. Is the, mor- the moral of that story. <laughs> well, in 2012, Randy Lee Tenley dressed up in a ghillie suit. That's like one of those hunting suits that's sort of supposed to camouflage you. And he wanted to hoax a Bigfoot sighting. So in order to do this, he stepped out onto a highway and got ran over by a couple of cars. He didn't just step onto the shoulder. He just, he stepped out fully into the lane right in front of a car that then immediately ran him over. They didn't think it was a Bigfoot. They think they just ran over a guy in a ghillie suit, you know? Um, And so it it can be dangerous. And furthermore, keep in mind, if you're going to dress up as a Bigfoot, there's a lot of people out there looking to shoot one so they can get a specimen. So you're probably going to get shot at. And there's a lot of hunters who are really good shots because that's what they do. So maybe yeah, don't yeah. go hoaxing Bigfoot sightings, people. Well, whether whether they mistake you for a Bigfoot or not, they might think you're you know a deer or, or an elk or something or a moose, you know? Yeah. They may just see a part of you and recognize fur and be like, oh, that's what I'm after. You know what I mean? Like That they, looks they might, yummy. <laughs> who, know, who knows what kind of tags they have with them, right? So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a risk that it just – it's such a stupid risk to take, I think. You know, it's – Right. Just don't do it, guys. Please. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, if, if you're going to hoax it, be smart about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Set it up to where like you have a friend recording you or something like that, you know, and like, you know, try to be a director about it. You know what I mean? Like try to put some, some thought into it, not just like, you know, be walking across the, a certain area of scenery, you know, try to put some context in there. You know what I mean? Like a set, set up the scenery to where like, there might be a reason why you're there and catch this by chance. You know what I mean? I'm just saying is all, if you're trying to hoax it, I'm just saying, try to make it, make it, make it believable. All right, let's move along to uh, one of the earlier stories of a Bigfoot sighting. This is called Ape Canyon. It's a gorge on Mount St. Hel- uh, Helens. Yeah, Mount St. Helens in Washington. 
This happened way back on a summer night in July 1924. There was a group of miners sleeping in a small cabin that they had built themselves, sort of like a temporary shelter. This and is, this is actually one night, of the stories I was, I was alluding to. Sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> during the nighttime, when they were asleep, somebody started throwing rocks at the cabin. And some of them called, referred to it as uh, mountain devils that were throwing them from, and supposedly they were throwing them from all sides of the cabin. Um, the, the men, you know, they were probably pretty upset and they took out their guns and started shooting in the directions they thought that the rocks were coming from. But I'm guessing visibility wasn't so good because it was nighttime and there were no streetlights. This is out in the woods. Yeah, they had no light source, yeah. Yeah, so this attack, uh, apparently, well, when they shot at him, the rocks stopped for a little while, but then they started throwing the rocks again. And this went on, apparently, all night. And at some point throughout the night- um, Until dawn, pretty much, One of the men- Yeah, till dawn. uh, One point in the night, someone, one of the men saw a hand reach in and try to grab an axe in the cabin. It was like a Bigfoot hand or something. But then the men drove out the hand. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't say in the anecdote if they had shot it or. I've heard two yeah. different accounts of this this uh, particular tar, uh, part of the tale, tart whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I heard that he, the mm-hmm. the Bigfoot actually entered the cabin, and then they had to like fight him off and like like uh, you know uh, make him retreat. And then the other part is is yeah, it was just just an arm that reached in and tried to grab an axe. But yeah. I'm not sure which one. Is the the actual account, you know? Well, I, probably neither of them. I mean, does does a Bigfoot know what an axe is? Does I mean, is he hey, going to really might. go into the? Yeah, it yeah, might. maybe that's yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, true. it's true. It might. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what the uh, the cognitive ability of a Bigfoot is? You know? Yeah, that's a good point. So, anyways, at dawn, when at sunrise, they left their cabin and they saw a Bigfoot out there. And they shot it and it tumbled into a go- into the gorge and sort of disappeared. They found no trace of it after that, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the fact, one of the men, Fred Beck, ended up writing a book about the incident. And in the book, he claims, there's a lot of weird things in the book, but the one that caught my attention was that he claims that these are actually extra dimensional beings. And I, was, I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting because way back in 1924, I didn't know we had extra dimensional beings way back then. I thought that was a more recent invention. And, well, and the one thing also from his account, um, I, I don't understand how he came to that conclusion. Like what, right. what evidence, like, I mean, there, he didn't really state any evidence for that. You know, like, like uh, how, did, how, did, how did he uh, come to that, that conclusion? That's all I'm asking. Like, that's a very uh, fantabulous thing to say is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, it could it could explain why they're so elusive, I suppose. But one of one of yeah. my favorite one of my favorite parts about this story is actually the skeptical explanation. So, according to the skeptics, a group of youths or boys, perhaps Boy Scout campers or you know young people in general, they were the ones throwing the rocks from above onto the cabin, and um, yeah, that explains the whole sighting. My only problem with that is. That what child is going to sit there being fired at by guns and continue to throw rocks? And what child is going to have the endurance to throw rocks all night long? It's just, it's pretty typical with these skeptical explanations that I've pointed out in the past. Why not just say you don't believe the story? I don't believe the story. It's that easy. You don't have to make up a story that's even more ridiculous than the one you're being presented with. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be rude, right? And call someone a liar. 
Oh yeah, right? yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Oh sure, <laughs> we we believe your extra dimensional Bigfoot's throwing rocks at your cabin. Like, why why would they do that? Why would a Bigfoot throw rocks at your cabin all night? I don't know. Just say you don't yeah. believe them. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But anyways, I thought that was a fun story. It's one of the earlier ones, and I don't know how much stock I put into it, but it's still kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an interesting one, and like I said, that 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 was the one that I was uh, alluding to earlier when I was talking about um, Bigfoot throwing rocks and stuff uh, from you know far enough away yeah. uh, initially to where like they could just see their their silhouettes and stuff, and then yeah, then then supposedly they they did come closer. It's, it's yeah, it makes no sense. Like I don't know, there's there's a couple things about that story that doesn't really make any sense. But then then you know the story is so old also. What has been misconstrued, you know what I mean? Right. It sort of becomes a legend at some point. Yeah. And people, you know, that that old game of telephone, you know what I mean? Where facts don't, you know, they become something other than facts. You know what I mean? Right. So, okay. That's how that happened. Next up, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we can't talk about Bigfoot without talking a little bit about the Patterson Gimlin film. That that's yes. a must must have topic for this episode. You got to you got to touch on the Patterson film. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> just to review a little bit about it. This was filmed uh in October 20th, 1967 in Northern California by Robert Patterson and Robert Gimlin. Oh, no, Roger, I'm sorry, Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin. And uh it was so it was it was filmed, um, it was 954 frames of film, totaling about 59.5 seconds. Uh, that there's some, a lot of stuff. I mean, there's been multiple, multiple episodes and books and everything done about this film, but there's some interesting things surrounding it. For example, they actually went to the area with the intention of filming a Bigfoot. So for me, that's sort of an interest that that's a suspicious detail. You know, they were looking for it and they just so happened to catch it. I don't know, but maybe, maybe they were looking for it and they caught it. Could, could it happen? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It could have happened, but the angle of, of the film and also like the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the creature was walking away, not towards as well. Right. Um, and also like, uh, it was, I don't know. There's this this thing like there's so many different uh, explanations of this film and like different uh, reasonings of like why things might be the way they are in the film or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've heard so many good explanations every which way. Like ah, this film, I don't know what to believe, but I I kind I kind of think I lean towards it. It's probably more likely it's a fabrication mm-hmm. for for a couple different reasons, but we'll, we'll get into that though. I, yeah. I want you to to talk about it more before we get into the uh, actual like you know what we think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were in the area riding around on a horseback, and when they saw it, they estimated it was between six six and seven six, so seven feet six inches tall. So it was somewhere in that ballpark. So pretty tall, but. It's short enough to, there are plenty of people on the planet who fall within that range. So it's not necessarily like one of these 10 foot depictions that you're maybe familiar with in some, some of the movies. But so anyways, when they, when they saw it, they were maybe 80 feet away when he was filming it. Um, and they, they caught it for a short period and then it disappeared into the, uh, to the undergrowth. 
Um, there were um, prints that it left behind, and the, they did make plaster casts of those prints. They showed the film um, in theaters around around the country. They made some money from that. There was there wasn't much scientific interest in the film, but it became national and international news, and pretty much anybody and everybody who's interested has seen it. At, you know, at some point, so it, it became a real phenomenon. Like it, you know. Is probably the most no- noticeable or most notorious uh, film or aspect of the Bigfoot phenomenon, I guess I could say. Yeah, absolutely. But there, so let's talk a little bit about the details of the film that might be sort of suspect. One of the things for me is when you're watching him walk, the Bigfoot's walking, or she, it's actually a she, when, when she turns her head, um, she doesn't just turn her head. She turns her entire upper body, like her entire torso towards the camera. Yeah. And just, just the way everything is framed, it looks like some, like a setup, like they intended, okay, make sure when you're walking, look towards the camera, whatever. And if you're mm-hmm. in a bulky suit, you wouldn't be able to turn just your head. You would turn your yeah. entire body, but just, yeah, your, your freedom, your freedom of mobil- mobility would be, would be, uh, definitely lessened. But just think about like, not just a person, but you know, chimpanzees, gorillas, whatever, anything sort of related in the monkey category, they don't turn their entire body necessarily when they turn their head, they just turn their head. That's what your neck is for, you know? So that, that little detail kind of makes me suspicious right off the bat. Yeah. There's a lot more freedom, freedom of movement, I guess you'd say in the way that they move. Right. So anything uh, you want to point out about the film before I get on to another point? Well, I, I remember us talking uh, in the lead up to this episode here. Um, I remember us talking about like the the way the appearance of the the fur on, I mean, on the creature or the suit, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the the pectoral muscles were heavily layered in fur, and and <laughs> throughout the throughout the the animal kingdom, it's not very common for for primates to have a lot of fur on their pectoral muscles. That's correct, right? Well, I, th- I think what you mean is boobies. It lo- so it looks like it has um, some breastuses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because well, it's, it's, it looks like a they're female. A little, they're a little pronounced and you know, yeah. quite supp- suppulent. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to get too much into how I enjoy that. But, you know, I do. <laughs> you, you said uncommon, but as far as well, I know. What, what I mean to say is I don't mind hairy nipples. Right. Hey, you know, everybody's into something. Nothing wrong with well, that. Some somebody has to be, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, let's keep on going. Let's yeah. just like yeah. No, let's let's well, keep on let's no just keep on going. You said you said it was uncommon, <laughs> but to my knowledge, there's there are a total of zero primates that have hair on their breasts. And that that makes sense because let's say if they're if they're uh, breastfeeding a baby, that baby or whatever you call it, an ape baby, um they have to be able to like suck on that nipple to get some milk. You know, if there's a bunch of hair in the way, they're not gonna be able to do it. So it, you know, it makes sense. And that's another detail. Um, that sort of makes it seem like it might not be legitimate. It might be a, a, um, a suit because if you were making a suit, you wouldn't put that much detail on it to it. You wouldn't know that that was the case. You would just put hair everywhere. Well, you, you might put a, um, a high level of detail, but you might not put that detail on the level of practicality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which might show up, um, obviously, you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in a. Um, there, there's a lot of, I don't know if we need to go over like every single point of contention with this film, but there's a lot of stuff like the, 
primate experts point out certain things like the the buttocks of the thing are not separated enough. They're sort of close together, like they're you know like molded plastic or something or latex. Um, they don't look like a like a real butt. Um, it's, it looks like you know more like a suit. Um, on the other hand, there are. Uh, I'll just say real quick. Yeah, just real quick. Um, you have boob guys and you have butt guys. I'll, I'll say with all confidence, I'm a butt guy. I'm an ass guy. Boobs are great. They're they're wonderful, but ass is a necessity. I'm just saying. <laughs> what do you from from What do you call somebody my, who's into both? Is there like a from like a, well, a term for that? You call that a Renaissance man. All right. <laughs> okay. It <laughs> sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm much more single faceted. I'm simple minded. I'm not on that level. Okay, I don't have the ability to appreciate both at once necessarily uh, on the highest level. You know what I mean? But my own particular you know preference, I'm an ass guy. So when I looked at that ass, um, it didn't seem real to me. Like there was mm-hmm. a level of fakeness. You know what I mean? Like ah, oh, it doesn't seem natural naturally occurring according to the, 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 the frame and structure of that body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know how I recognize this, but I did. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey, it's, I, I won't go. it's just instinct, man. Yeah, it is. That's nothing but <laughs> instinct. That, that is the instinct that I had. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there, there are a couple of pro sides to this too, though. Um, some special effects people from the from the film industry, you know, from Hollywood or whatever, they said that they would not be able to replicate a suit like this. Um, but on the other hand, maybe they could. I don't know. But that's uh, wait. Hold on. Let me let me do that over again. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was still dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was solid. That was a solid effort. Yeah. A for effort, no, right? No, no, it was. I was still laughing about the thing where I said I was an ass man. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I don't know why I found I found a lot of self satisfaction in that. I, ho- I hope you keep that in the episode. I like that. I don't know if it was presented as well as it could have been, but I enjoyed the fuck out of that right now. You're a Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot, Bigfoot ass man. <laughs> a, a Bigfoot ass ass uh, assinologist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So on the in uh, 2002. A guy named Philip Morris, I'm assuming not the cigarette company, but an actual <laughs> fella. Uh, he's a costume yeah. maker, and he said that he sold a gorilla costume to Patterson through a mail order, which it, it kind of, if the suit was so good that it would be impossible for somebody to actually replicate a mail order suit costume, that's going to be a pretty basic costume, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know. So, Well, all right. So here, here's the thing. Th- there are very many movies that have been made with ape or gorilla creatures mm-hmm. um, that were uh, either animatronics or there were a, a person wearing a suit. There, there's plenty of examples of the level of sophistication and ability um, of the uh, that industry to create a suit. Whoever said that, um, I think, was a bit naive. Either that, yeah. or they weren't they weren't up on par uh, to the level of ability of, of, of other individuals. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I've seen, I've seen, I mean, I don't know. There, there's countless movies. I do. I don't even need to even mention a single movie. Just go look into it, bro. You know, like <laughs> how about you start with John Carpenter's the thing? Cause that, that was um, yeah. pre CGI. That was all yes. real actual effects. 
And that was all craft. Yeah. Yeah. I think it still holds up today. It looks pretty, looks pretty good. Actually. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Because it was made well mm-hmm. and made with detail to it, real detail to attention, you know, uh, according to actual, you know, um, you know, uh, information you had to draw upon within the animal kingdom. You know what I mean? So, so they, they, they did a damn good job. Holy crap that they, they do. And there's other examples. There's, there's plenty of other examples, you know, but, but like, uh, one of the things that he said that Morris, um, mo- moving on back to that point, um, or moving moving back to Morris saying that he built the or he sent a suit for him, um, he says that after Patterson received the suit, he called and asked how to make the shoulders bigger and how to make the arms longer, and he told Patterson to use football shoulder pads and to hold sticks in his hands within the suit to make the arms longer. Um, and there's there's a couple of other points like people have tried to say that uh, the 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 way that the Bigfoot walks in the video cannot be replicated by a person in a suit. It just, you just can't walk that way. But Morris, I've heard both. I've heard both sides of that argument though. Yeah, but here's I, I've heard. Here, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, here's a quote, quote by Morris where he talks about stuff like that. He says the Bigfoot researchers say that no human can walk that way in the film. Oh yes, they can. When you're wearing long clown's feet, you can't place the ball of your foot down first. You have to put your foot down flat. Otherwise, you'll stumble. Another thing, when you put on the gorilla head, you can only turn your head maybe a quarter of the way. And to look behind you, you've got to turn your head and your shoulders and your hips. Plus, the shoulder pads in the suit are in the way of the jaw. That's why the Bigfoot turns and looks the way he does in the film. He has to twist his entire upper body. Yeah, and I, I kind of mentioned that earlier too. Like, wh- that's one of the things that catches my attention the most. Yeah. yeah. When you have when you have something you're putting over yourself, whether it be a helmet, uh, um, uh, like yeah, football pads, especially right, and that's a pretty good example. And a lot of people, I think, will be able to relate to that um, more than normal, at least. But but uh. Yeah, any any of those type of things you put on yourself will make you move like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to further um, sort of put the nail in the coffin of this video, in 1998, Bob Hermonymus, I guess you'd say. I don't know. I like I like Hieronymus. Hieronymus, yeah. I think, I think that's it. So in 1998, Bob Hieronymus came out as the guy in the suit. Um, and he's, he's not only him, but some of his friends and family corroborated his story and said that he had a suit that matched the one in the film. Like they'd saw him trying it on and stuff. Um, but there were some inconsistencies in his details with what Morris had said in 2002. So some people think that for whatever reason, he's saying that he was the guy in the suit. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on uh, Bob Hieronymus, but his story does seem to have some credibility to it, but we don't know for sure. It's, I don't know that they actually ever produced the suit. Uh, you know, who knows where that is. So um, people like to say that him and Morris are just kind of making this stuff up. But on the other hand, they seem pretty credible to me. Um, so I guess as you, as you guys probably can tell, I'm not a huge fan of this Patterson-Gimblin film. To me, it looks fake. I think it's fake front and back. I just don't believe it at all. What about you, ETA? The film at face level is compelling because it is grainy enough to where like you can't see enough detail uh, to really be like 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 
for real about what your opinion is of the, the actual visual that you're observing. You know, it looks compelling, but to me, I don't believe uh, that that, that footage is real because there's a, there's enough inconsistencies that we've already talked about um, that just give me pause. You know what I mean? Like I just, ah, it's not enough. I don't believe the, the, the film is real, but I do have hope towards Bigfoot in general being a real thing in some somewhere in the world because right. I mean, we are, so everything we've been talking about here has been, um, North American, uh, related, you know what I mean? But it doesn't matter if you go to Asia, you'll have a lot of the same types of stories, you know, shit. We've talked about, we've, we've talked about the Dyatlov pass, which has a strong connection supposedly to a possibility of, uh, some type of, uh, Bigfoot or, or Yeti creature being involved. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that is one of the leading, um, explanations for that incident. Yeah. And actually, I mean, if you happen to be so inclined to believe in, in Yeti or Bigfoot, what have you, it, it could definitely explain uh, some of the stuff that happened there, you know? Um, but, but there's so much stories. There's so many stories, sorry, uh, about Bigfoot or Yeti. They go back throughout the historical record. I have a hard time believing that it's not, there's not something there somewhere. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I couldn't tell you which story is the the most credible, the most believable. I mean, I have my opinions on which ones are maybe a little bit more or a little bit less, but I, I just, I don't have a, a, um, a straightforward answer on that, to be quite honest, whether I believe a big is Bigfoot real or not. I have my doubts, but Eileen, I, I, I gotta be honest. I leaned a little bit towards it being a, a possibility just because the totality of the evidence, how many people around the whole damn world throughout, um, historical record that have, um, said that they experienced, experienced something like this. You know what I mean? Right. I totally agree with you. It's not just the North Pacific Northwest, but there are stories all over the world with similarities to the Bigfoot stories and not just modern times either going back throughout history. It yeah. is, it's hard to dismiss it outright, even though the stories we talked about today, though, the ones, you know, the Patterson Gimlin and some of the other ones, um, a lot of the ones we mentioned specifically don't seem credible, but the reason I chose to talk about these ones this time was because these are some of like the biggest stories. So I felt they were good to cover first. Like you, you have to talk about the Patterson Gimlin. You just can't, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, these know. are the things that, that most people are going to be the most familiar with, you know? And, yeah. and by the way, I mean, you want to get into Bigfoot. I mean, holy crap. Some of the stuff going on in South America is, is more compelling than, what, than what's going on here. I think. You know, but, but we're just not like you and I are, we live in, in North America. So we're much more connected to these stories. You know right. what I mean? So we're not so, um, in tune with what's, what's being described down there. But from what I've heard, like there are basically, it's basically a very similar creature. You know, I think it's probably the same thing if it is real. Um, just, just like a described from, from a different perspective, really. That's it. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, there's, there's actually another cryptid. This is, this is real, by the way. I'm not making this up. Um, it's sort of, I don't know if it's related to Bigfoot or not, but I like to think that it's Bigfoot's little cousin and it's actually called a booger. Have you heard of this? I haven't. I'm not, fam- I know I'm not familiar with that. Uh, I don't think, no. Yeah. It's, it's a cryptid called a booger. It's just like a little monkey, I guess, or something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the first <laughs> thing I thought was nerds. Like yeah. nerds. <laughs> the- 
the, the that was one of the best character in any ridiculous movie ever is Booger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That guy was yeah. awesome. Holy shit, was he awesome. Uh, I want to do an episode on, on Boogers just so I can title the episode, you know, episode whatever, Boogers. Like people are clicking through their <laughs> podcast player. They're like, these guys did an hour and a half on Boogers? What the hell? Dude, that should be a goal. That should yeah. be a goal. We should we should try to find like an ability somewhere to, you know, uh, yeah, an hour and a half on Boogers. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> related topic. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Would be, that would be, you know what? I've just decided right now. I think that that is a uh, one of the one of the boxes I want to check off before I get I get low. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> All right. Let's, well, we'll definitely put it on the list then, for sure. But I could dig but, that. But yeah, like you were saying, I I remain optimistic about Bigfoot. I don't really feel all that invested one way or the other. Like, um, if it's all fake, like yeah, whatever. I don't really care that much. But if it's real, my attitude is: if Bigfoot's real, the evidence will come out sooner or later. Like conclusive evidence, not just anecdotal evidence, but actual real proof, like a carcass or something. It'll show something. up, or we'll find we'll find some bones or something like that. But if we don't. I don't really care that much because there's still a lot of really fun stories and maybe that's all it is. Maybe somehow this legend has permeated the world, you know, throughout cultures that shouldn't have been able to know each other. And it's all it is. It's just a fun story, but maybe it's real. That's kind of where I sit. Well, like I said, maybe it's that one legend somehow, some way that has a, a commonality between all cultures somehow. Yeah. You know, like, uh, however improbable that may seem. Every culture that I've ever, I mean, besides many, many like very small indigenous, um, you know, cultures like, you know, uh, shamanic, uh, shamanic traditions that are still around nowadays, you know, um, mm -hmm. I don't think that was the right term I was looking for, but anyways, anyways, whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the story is, uh, is prevalent everywhere. Yeah. And there, there are certain stories, like let's say for example, the great flood, every culture has a great flood story. And when you go back, it turns out there actually was a great flood. I think we mentioned it when we're talking about Gobekli Tepe. Tepe, there's like a yeah. global flood. So sometimes just because it's a um, like passed down through word of mouth doesn't mean that it's all fake. Some of that stuff is based in reality, even a distant reality that nobody really remembers anymore. It might still be based on something real somehow. Yeah, I, I guess. What, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you for that, that 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 right there. Because what I was getting at is there there is a reason why this story is remembered and passed on, and continued. You know what I mean? Right. I think. Yeah. Well, like that's pretty much all I had to say about the uh, the Bigfoot Power Hour this time around. You got anything else to add, Agent ETA? I mean, give me some more whiskey, and I could probably add some more shit, but. Yeah. As far as uh, <laughs> any, anything, uh, any little bit of a thing that I had to contribute, I think I did. All right, cool. Um, yeah, if, if you guys like this, we'll definitely do another power hour. This time, maybe I'll focus on positive proof instead of stuff that doesn't seem so credible. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun topic, and I'd definitely be willing to discuss it again myself. Oh, we'll t I'm, I'm sure we will touch on it at some point. Yeah. Well. Thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yes, and Happy New Year, you filthy motherfuckers. We all, we love all of you. Yeah, we're, we're actually recording this on New Year's Day. 
So it is our new year. It won't be out for a few days because I still have to edit it and upload it and stuff. But it is Happy New Year's. So Happy New Year's, everybody. Yes, yes. And and, and thank you for listening to us. I, I can't tell you how many times like I think about it. And like, I, I, I don't like it my, from my own perspective, like I find it, a, I find it hard to believe that like anybody would want to listen to my fucking dumb ass, you know, but the, whoever, all of you guys are willing to listen to us. Thank you. Like it's from the bottom of my, of my heart. Thank you. Cause it is humble. It is humbling. It really is. So thank you. And, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>